Welcome to Slices of Life, the podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and special guest Sarah Koontz. Many of us strive to do good work, raise good kids, and take care of our families. We endeavor to achieve perfection, yet are frequently consumed with self-doubt and negativity. In today's episode, we'll take a look at the one thing that will help us break away from the try-hard life and lean into who God created us to be. Well, welcome, Sarah. We're so glad to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be sitting here chatting with you. Yeah, it's so fun. So um, for our listeners who haven't got a chance to meet you yet, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Sure. Well, I am a South Dakota girl, so I'm a Midwest girl, and I currently live in the country uh, with my husband and my two daughters, and I get to spend my days crafting words, which is one of my favorite things to do, and writing about Jesus, who is one of my favorite things to write about. So I uh, I blog at sarahkuntz.com, and I also write Bible studies and just do everything I can to encourage women to open their Bibles and explore the beauty of God's design for their life. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I originally met you on social media. I started following you and I loved your Instagram stories. Um, You can get on, you know, every other day, every day, get a little bit of inspiration. We get a look at your real life in South Dakota with your farm and the garden that you've been growing and the storms you've been having. And just Mm. your resilience and your garden's resilience has been so fun to track. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't know if I'm usually. I don't know if I'm as resilient as my garden seems to be. I'm a little bit more fragile when those those hailstorms come rolling in and destroy my hard work. Mm. But yes, God has taught me so much through the experience of gardening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so on one of your Instagram feeds, you were talking about an upcoming Bible study that you were having. Oh, I should probably back up. So I ended up going to your website, subscribing to your soul food newsletter and um, just have been really enjoying it. And um, on one of your Instagram stories, you talked about doing a new Bible study and you were looking for creatives, Christian creatives to partner with. And so I reached out to you and that's how we started to get to know each other. So I'm really excited um, to, to, for our listeners to find out about that project, that study that's coming up soon. Um, but uh, One of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about was something that I read in your newsletter that just struck a chord with me, and um, and it ties into this Bible study that you're doing. So I'm excited to talk about this and excited to walk our listeners through this. Um, You said in one of your newsletters that I work hard to keep my house clean, teach my children to be well behaved, and care for the needs of my husband. But no matter how good I am at creating the appearance of perfection, my life and my heart are often a jumbled mess. I don't always like the person that is hiding under all of those coverings. She is often too quick to judge, overly hard on herself, constantly striving for her own version of perfection, and frequently consumed with self-doubt and negativity. So I'd love to hear kind of what brought you to this place of recognition, of vulnerability, of um, just kind of addressing these issues in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't come easy to get to a place where you realize that the perfection that you strive for is actually crushing you. Uh, For me, 
it makes me think of a silly Facebook post that my best friend shared a while back about how a lot of times people will look at the life of somebody uh, whose home is put together, whose family is put together, and they will have envy in their hearts for that person. But that person is actually in a prison in a prison of perfection, trying to keep up with all of those tasks. And so what I discovered uh, as I, I guess, got closer with God and opened my Bible and asked him to show me how to be maybe more like the person he wants me to be, that the the out the outward appearance is far less important than what's happening in my heart and how Mm -hmm. my desire to be all the things to all the people and to appear as though I had it together was actually very self-destructive and destroying my inner peace and the heart um, of -hmm. who I was inside. And so that is kind of how I got to that place of realization that it's okay to have a clean and tidy house. But if that's the most important thing in your life, you're really missing something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, how did it affect your relationships? Did you see, um, things happen with your family and friends, um, that kind of confirmed that this, this was something to be dealt with? You know, the, the breaking point for me actually was an experience I went through in my mid twenties. I lost my health completely. So I went from being, uh, involved in my church, leading Bible studies, leading mops, having small group in my home, having a successful business to having to step down from all of those things due to health problems. And so God kind of stripped away Mm. my ability to perform and just left me in a place where, to be honest, on a good day, I was maybe an okay mom. Maybe. And on a bad day, I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't function. And so when I experienced the loss of my ability to perform is when I realized how important it had been to me and how truthfully when all was said and done, when my identity is tied to my performance, that can be taken away from me Mm -hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I realized as I was questioning, who am I now, now that I can't do all the things I was doing before, that I realized, well, wait a minute, like who I am is not connected to what I do. Who I am is connected to who God says that I am. Mm-hmm. And in those moments when all of the titles and all of the accolades that made me feel important and worthwhile, and even like I was serving God, when all that was stripped away, I was still God's daughter I was still beloved. Um, I was still his. And I really came to realize that that is what matters to me most. Mm-hmm. And it changed then how I approach life and how I approach being a mom and a friend and a wife and a sister. And uh, only good has come. Only good has come in my life since that like perspective shift has happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think one of our greatest challenges is that, um, you know, are we a human doing or are we a human being? And, um, I know, I know the answer, but with, um, the performance stuff, even though I know a lot about it at this point, because I guess I haven't, God forbid, (laughs) been stripped of it all at this Mm -hmm. point, you know, I still have those abilities and I do rely on my ability 
possibilities. And I do um, value being valued for what I do too much. And I'm back. So I'm wondering, um, you said that, that that changed everything. Can you give us a little insight into how it changed those things? So you became a person stripped of everything that you could really do. And it, as you say, sometimes unable to get out of bed. So how did you, how did that affect your relationships with children, with your husband, with your friends? Yeah. So in a practical sense, um, it is losing my health is the reason why we moved to the country. We were living in a different place uh, and had a different pace of life. And so when I lost my health, we decided to move out to the country. That's how I started gardening. That's how I got my chickens. Um, and it really, I rebuilt my life out here out in the country and I did it very slowly and strategically. Uh, so what happens when your plate is empty. So like I was able to experience this amazing experience of my plate being empty. So there was nothing expected of me mm. and I had very few people depending on me. So then as I started to regain my health and started to make choices to add things back into my life, mm -hmm. I was not doing it to feel okay about myself. So, mm -hmm. so see, instead of mm, being like wow. driven and pulled by this desire to be okay, I was okay. I was okay. God taught me how to be okay without those things. So then mm. your whole perspective shifts when I am entering into a relationship with somebody, when I'm going out to coffee with somebody, it's not because I have this unmet need that I'm hoping that they can meet. It's because I am choosing to love that person and to go and be there and serve that person. Totally a different experience relationally. When mm. I'm in relationship with my husband, I'm not sitting here with all these crazy needs, I'm hoping he can meet. I'm serving him. I'm serving my kids. And so it just, it put me in this different position in relationships in a realistic way. I do a whole lot less each day than I used to do before. Mm -hmm. So I just don't do as much, but the things I do are a lot closer to the things that I was created to do. Mm, so so I, I kind of got rid of all that excess stuff mm -hmm. that I was doing maybe for the wrong reasons. And now I feel that my days are filled with the very most important things. And, you know, this, this was five or six years ago. So this was a while ago that, that I made this transition and I made these significant changes in my life, changes to the rhythm of my life and the focus and the purpose of my life. And I like mm -hmm. to say that when I lost my health, God brought my boundary line in really close. So mm -hmm. my, my white picket fence was really small for a while. Mm -hmm. And now he is expanding that boundary line. But for me, I have to keep my heart in that same place of acceptance and peace and okayness, no matter what I do. So now I'm finding that my external actions are not connected to my need to be okay. They're connected by my desire to share the beautiful truths I learned in that difficult season to help other people. And mm -hmm. if I can keep that perspective, I mm. seem to be able to maintain my health and maintain my life in, in a really beautiful, productive manner, even though I don't do as much as most people do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You know, um, in upcoming, we're going to be talking about boundaries. And that mm -hmm. sort of reminds me of what you're talking about, like setting boundaries 
on what it is that you would do? Are they based in, my, in your values or are they based on trying to please people? And, you know, I love, um, and when you talk about motives, what, I, I, what comes to mind is Beth Moore, how she talks about like walking around to people with this empty cup saying, will you fill me? Will you fill me? And this whole idea that if we're making choices in our life and if we're doing things and even being friends with people because we want them to fill us or because um, it's out of a deficit or an insecurity. Um, it, that, that need's never going to get met. It's never going to be satisfied. And it's just going to keep us on this hamster wheel of looking for someone to affirm us. And I just love how understanding who we are in Christ fills that mm. need. Um, and, and it's not a one-time thing. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, there's oftentimes when I need to remind myself of it. I oh, just yeah. can't hear it yep. once and be okay. I, I, I have to coach myself and say, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here? Um, and, and examine my motives and then turn to him and say, all right, Lord, is this something that I'm supposed to be doing? Who do you say that I am? You know, do, is it, it's not based on whether or not I do this. It's not whether or not, you know, the women on the PTA like me because I've stepped in and volunteered once again. It's not because, um, you know, family members think this is who I'm supposed to be, you know, and you start to kind of walk yourself through that. I mean, I'd walk myself through that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one thing I love about understanding our identity is it helps us to make really good choices and to live intentionally. And, um, you know, we can only do that if we know what the word of God says about us. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we tend to, you make me think when we talk about identity, I always think about the labels. I always think of sticky notes that we have had slapped on us throughout our life. So like words people have used to describe us or things we've done that, that people then gave us praise for. And so I think that we're like people walking around with these sticky notes stuck all over us. And some of those um, identifying factors are destructive to us. They're not helpful sure. or beneficial mm-hmm. to us. And mm-hmm. I think the only thing that has the power to strip all of that away right. is God's word. And you talk about living intentionally. And I, I have confession to make prior to, honestly, prior to the last year of my life, I have been a poor student of the word. So of, of Bible study of, of having a regular devotional time. And I just, as someone who's been a Christian my whole life and who grew up in the faith and who knows the Bible pretty well, I was always kind of like, Hey, I've got this. I'm good. Uh, but as I have kind of sought God about, okay, God, what's next? Where, where do we, where are we going next? One of the things he's, he's shown me is if I'm not consistently, going back to the Bible and refreshing my memory of who he Mm. says I am, I am going to be, uh, I'm going to be operating based on those sticky note labels Mm -hmm. rather than on who he says I am. So how do you, how do you practice that? How do you live out that, um, that delving into the word, reminding yourself through the word? It's definitely been a process for me. Uh, in the beginning, I had to start small. I had to start ridiculously small. And I started with Oswald Chambers mm-hmm. and my utmost for the highest. Yep. Yes. That was Love my it. first step into daily Bible study. I've always loved studying the Bible. It's been a normal part of my life, but that mm-hmm. helped me. It was five minutes. I was like, Sarah, if you can't spend five minutes a day in God's word, 
there's something wrong. You know, that was kind of something I had to tell myself, like, this is important. He's your God. You can give him five minutes a day. So I started with Oswald Chambers. And here's the cool thing. I feel like once we take one step, the next one's easier, you know? Mm -hmm. So after I started with the five minutes a day, um, that I did for a six or seven month period of time. And then at the beginning of this year, I made the commitment to read my Bible chronologically throughout the year. Mm. So that's a daily reading of the Bible with the intention in the 365 days of the year of reading the whole Bible. And you guys, I cannot believe it, but I have actually kept up with that. I don't get to, I don't read every single day, but I've kept up with the the plan. And I just, it blows my mind that I've been able to do that. And I just think God honors our choices when we choose to honor him with our choices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you doing some sort of a plan or did you just kind of sketch it out yourself? I am doing a plan. I started out with the YouVersion app on my phone Mm -hmm. and they have a chronological reading plan. I'm sure we can add this to the show notes. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Blue Letter Bible. Um, BlueLetterBible.com has a chronological reading plan. And what's great about it, it's just a simple two-sided PDF page that starts with number one, number two, number three, and it goes through number 365. So you can start that plan tomorrow Mm. and work through the next year of your life. The version app was fantastic, but then I got a little off and then I tried to reset it and then it wanted mm. me to start over and it was more <laughs> difficult for me. I get so tripped so up that's on how, stuff like that. <laughs> that's how I got onto the Blue Letter Bible. So I just have this little piece of paper in my Bible and every time I read, I take a pencil and I scratch off the day and I'm writing dates next to it and keeping up with it. And so it's very low tech, uh, but it's been so amazing. A lot of my writing this year has come out of the Old Testament because, of course, it takes most of the year to get through the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And uh, just writing about God's grace in the Old Testament, all these beautiful things have come out of that. And my future Bible studies are going to be from the Old Testament because I've found so many amazing things in places that I wouldn't have looked had I not Mm -hmm. Mm forced myself to stick to that schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I, I've become more familiar with the Old Testament, just, you know, with more and more years of reading the Bible. I have done it. I have read the Bible through beginning to end a couple of times. We had some Bible studies going on in our area that um, brought us all together from different churches to do that. It was awesome because um, I um, have not grown up with a lot of Bible study. But um, the Old Testament, well, I'm doing, I do the first five app through Proverbs 31, yeah. Speaking of the mm-hmm. first five minutes, same idea. It's like, okay, at least we can at least get to this. I, I have lots of other devos that I love, but at least I get to that. Um, and we're doing Job right now. Oh my gosh. Talk about an interesting book <laughs> or, or not. <laughs> I mean, sometimes a deadly book, but I, what I find is to, to, you know, relate back to what you were saying about the old Testament. There's so many lines that I go, Oh, that's where that came from. You know, they're old words of wisdom and they may have been repeated in the New Testament, but they started back in the Old Testament. Yeah. I love the context, so, the rich context we um, get when that we read Old it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but your upcoming study is in Ephesians, which is New Testament. So tell me a little bit it about is. why Ephesians. And then, um, you know, I had a sneak peek at the Bible study, so I kind of know how it breaks down and what you've pulled out of it. So why don't you just give us the, give us the cliff notes. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, Ephesians, why Ephesians? The truth of the, the story is that I, um, so, so we're talking, we've talked about my daily reading. That is for me. That is my five minutes a day, my 10 minutes a day. That is for Sarah. But my writing life has been focused on relationships. It's been focused on these identity issues that you're talking about. So as I've been preparing blog posts and, and other things, it had brought me back to Ephesians over and over and over and over again. And I just finally got the message that maybe I need to study Ephesians a little bit more. And so I took some time to read through the book of Ephesians myself, and I just knew that I wanted to camp out there. And so that's usually where my studies come from, is that I just want to camp out there. For me, the the determining factor that, that gave, made me the decision to write a Bible study on this was when I discovered the context of the relationship between Paul, who is the author of Ephesians, and the church at Ephesus. And Paul spent, he, he had multiple missionary journeys. He went to Ephesus a couple of times, but one time in particular, he spent more than two years daily meeting with and discipling the church at Ephesus. Then he went off and he, he later, he, when he wrote the letter, it was years later and he was in prison in Rome. And so he's writing to these people and he loves them. Like he knows them and he loves them and he wants God's best for them. And I felt a real connection to that because that's how I feel about the people that I write to, the people that when I'm sitting down and writing a Bible study, that's what I feel. And so he had this great relationship with them. And really the, the book divides in half so easily. He teaches us who we are in Christ in the first half. And then he teaches us how to walk with Christ in the second half. And to me, there's really no more important message that we need to really dig into than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so great. Um, yeah, I love how you broke it down and you, and, and you identified those two things because the second half of the book means nothing if you don't understand the first and again, what we've been talking about, like living out of this understanding of who we are in Christ, that we are adopted by him, that we um, are not the same and we have unique giftings and unique callings and that we, we are the body of Christ. And um, just having that, like I said, you can't do the second half without the first. You have to have that understanding. And then that's where the life that God's called you to comes out of making the choices to love other people comes out of that. Um, yeah, I just that it was amazing. Yeah, to understand that. I, I think the one of my favorite little snippets or like little things to pull out of the book of Ephesians is that God's work always empowers our walk. And we have to realize, you know, sometimes people, we tend to look at somebody who's maybe further along in their life journey, further along in their walk with Jesus. And we go, wow, look at them. They're doing all these really godly things. They're making all these really godly choices. But the truth of the matter is we make a mistake when we compare ourselves to one another because God's work empowers our walk. And so if we are pursuing God, he's going to show us the next step for us and the next step and the next step. And he's always going to be leading us closer to Jesus and leading us to do, to live in a place of sacrificial love. Sacrificial love is really the calling of the church. And so it's one of those things that I just love digging into how 
God does this amazing thing in me so that I can shine for him. And, and I think, you know, we get intimidating the the second half of the book. There's a lot of lists of do this, be that, do this, be that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people will turn away from the book of Ephesians because they kind of see those lists and go, well, my goodness, this is restricting. You know, I don't want to do this, be that, but we have to realize is when we walk with Jesus and we make a priority to be in relationship with God, he really does shape our lives from the inside out. And it, we discover that we're making choices that are in line with his word because that's who, he, who we are. And that's the beautiful joy of studying the book of Ephesians and the principles that are in that is we start to understand that we don't have to force ourselves to be godly. We don't have to force ourselves to do these things. Really, we need to force ourselves to be in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those things will come out of that relationship. Yeah. I think for so long I, I strived to perform. I, I grew up in a somewhat strict household and, um, I always wanted to do what was right. And I always felt like it was hard. And, you know, one of the favorite things that my pastor says is that it's not about behavior change. It's about heart change. And he's like, I don't want to address behavior. I want to address your heart and what's going on in your life. And there's such a freedom in that because it takes Mm. the importance off this checklist, this to-do list, or this even like list of what it means to be outwardly righteous, which we all, I get tripped up on, you know, it's too hard to perform. It's too hard to behave if, if my heart isn't right. Okay. So you're both talking a lot about that. And I want to, again, hear what does that look like? So, um, Sarah, would you say that these heart changes you've, you've, Ex, ex, uh, explained your circumstances and how that certainly shaped your heart. But like now, wh- is is what's shaping your heart that five minutes a day? Is it is it preparing this Bible study? Um, how are you in this um, sort of tight relationship with the Lord? You know, what does that entail? Does it entail study? Does it entail prayer? Are there any practices that you do that sort of really, um, link you up to God, you know, keep you connected to his heart. Well, I often say that I write Bible studies to keep me studying my Bible. Yeah. When I am a very, uh, I'm a person that's externally, I'm an external processor and I'm a kind of externally motivated. That's just how I work. Uh, it's why I'm not very fit right now because I do not have the motivation to get myself exercising. But I found that I take it, the responsibility of rightly dividing God's word is super important to me. And so by choosing to write Bible studies for others, it does require me in my own life to kind of have a higher standard for myself. And the mm-hmm. other thing is I'm a do what you said you would do kind of a person. And so it is, I cannot tolerate me telling you to do something if I'm not also willing to do it. And it's a, mm. that's something that when you're writing a lot, it's very hard to hold yourself kind of to the standard at which you're putting out there for the world and encouraging others to hold themselves with. So for me, it's really been having a softness to the Lord. Um, yes, I'm choosing to spend time with his, in his word. Therefore his principles are walking with me through life. So that's awesome. Right. But the next thing that's happening is, if I feel the Lord prompting me to do something, I need to be faithful to do it for me 
it would be a sin not to do it. So the most recent practical thing that God has done in my life, it happened in the middle of the summer. It was born out of a conversation that I had with somebody. I have stopped, I have begun to sign off my iPhone and sign off my computer on the Sabbath. So on Sundays, I am not online. And for somebody who, you know, you, Kimberly, you're on my Insta stories. You know how much I love social media. You know how active I am on social media. For somebody who blogs and writes emails and writes Bible studies, my ministry is online. And God has convicted me that Sarah, my ministry, God's ministry is not what I do, it's my heart. It's caring for my heart. And in order for me to be able to have longevity in ministry, I need to take a break every week. And so I sign off for the Sabbath. I will not, you will not see me on social media. I do not post on social media. I do not respond to emails. I do not do that. That for me, that's the hard work. Mm. Choosing to do something that is not easy. Uh, to be faithful in that, that is a choice I have to make every single week that feels like a sacrifice at the beginning of the day and feels like a gift by the end of the day. That's Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. really daily walking with him has done for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it turns out with Sabbath and rest, God knew what he was doing. (laughs) I mean, we've talked about that a few times and, um, I know Kimberly, you've done a lot of study of that and lived that out. And, um, and I want, I would love it if you would answer that question too, Kimberly, cause you were talking about your heart, the heart changed. Um, it's not yeah, about behavior change. It's about heart change. So how do you make heart changes? You know, what was interesting is, um, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Lisa. So we were at the hope writers retreat and I was sitting down across the table from, uh, Kim Highland And I was actually sharing with her the experience I had at her winsome retreat the previous year. And the theme was, you are enough. And it was about the love of God. And so if there's anything that I struggle with most is understanding the unconditional love of God, because Mm -hmm. I'm constantly measuring myself. And, and I, I'm, I do the closest people in my life are performance oriented. Like they very much are, you're as good as the last thing you've done. And so it's maybe it's what I'm putting on myself, but it's also what others put on me. And so I have to set boundaries and really understand what I'm willing to do when I'm not willing to do what I, who I want to be and who I don't want to be. But, um, so I was having a conversation with her and you know, the one thing that struck me that I constantly remind myself is, is that she was telling me about, you know, at some point you have to decide, are you going to believe what the word of God says or not? Is his word an authority in your life? And I, I, when she said authority, when she helped me to understand that it was an, that, that for me personally, that it was an authority issue. Am I going to challenge the authority of God and believe it? Or I'm going to let my emotions pull me from place to place to place. And I can, like I said, mentioned earlier, I grew up in a strict home. I understand authority. I have a harder time like feeling the love of God and like, you know, (laughs) but you tell me that his word is true and that he's not a liar. And then if he says it, I need to believe it and I can get on board with that. And so for me, it was, you know, a slightly different journey and that I I needed to decide, you know, and and part of deciding is yes, reminding myself and choosing um, to stop and say no to, to, what I'm tempted to believe and yes to what God has told me. And so for me, if at least you know me well, it's more of a practical choosing on a regular basis to, to believe God. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank and you. so I'm so curious, Elise, what about you? What about you? Like, <laughs> how does God, how does God, um, work on your heart and how does that flow out into your life in a practical way? Um, well, it's interesting cause, um, I've had a very, I've had a lot of travel recently and I have to say that has, um, it feels like I've got a little distance between me and the Lord in a way, um, that I don't like. And that I wasn't even recognizing until we started talking today, to be honest. Um, so I, as I said, I do the first five and that's sort of a good thing. And it's, but it's a little rudimentary, not, not what they present, but the way I do it, if you know what I mean. So I made sure I get that in. Um, they do have these, my moments questions, which are really good. And if I take the time to answer those, that's where the depth of my relationship with the Lord comes in. So I need more time than the five minutes. So, um, that is, and that's where a lot of heart questions come up. Like, how does this translate into your life? Where have you seen God show up? And then I am reminded and I recall the incredibly deep of God in my life in so many places and in so many circumstances. It's like, you get asked these questions, they're prompts and reminders of, um, such a real relationship with God, like that God alone relationship, meaning, um, we walk with Christ. I think we walk with Christ in different ways at different times. Um, I I will say that one of the practices that I've done that I have not done in a while, and I think I've talked about it here on the show before, but it's this getting on the floor with God, like really getting down to it. Um, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes of quiet. And just like, like my head is down, my hands are out and I am just a receptacle for the Lord. And that is when he, you know, I draw near, he draws, he he seek, I seek, I find he, he really speaks to me in a very personal way there. So that's important. And I haven't done in a while. And also, frankly, a real Bible study with, oh, with the workbook and all that, um, stay deeply connected to God, which is, which is, I think where the heart change happens. Like, again, it's a wonderful thing to make sure that I'm touching base every day. That's a good thing. And it's better than my entire life. You know, I've been doing this for, um, make, the everyday thing that you were talking about earlier, Sarah, um, oh my gosh, you know, I was trying to do that for 20 years and now my kids are out of the house and it's just made things easier. I get up earlier in the morning, all the things that I've been trying to do for a very long time. <laughs> but again, they're happening. Praise Jesus. They're happening. Exercise, God, getting out oh. the door, really good. Beginning, beginning my life in a different way. However, it, that, that can get, you know, the routine can get, just routine. (laughs) And so I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for this conversation today because it's reminding me of the importance of, um, both the one-on-one time and frankly, the group of being in Bible study with other people who are studying the same words and sharing the same stories and changing the same sort of direction. Like you talk about Sarah, you talk a lot about stories and stories are, um, I have an old blog that I, you know, it's still out there, but it's called Our Story is God's Glory. And um, that was another, actually, that was another practice. Writing about where I saw God showing up was another way that I um, just was so aware of God's presence, of what he was doing. Because he's always doing stuff, but 
you know, we can get too busy and pass it by, pass him by, and not see the signs and the wonders and the glory. And, and um, so, yeah, good reminder for me today. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. It yeah. does. Thank you. I, I love that practice of getting down and being quiet on our knees and humble before mm-hmm. God. I don't do that often enough, but boy, can, do I remember significant moments in my life where that was my position before God and yeah. he dramatically changed the course of my life. Mm-hmm. I remember those moments. Yes. Yeah. And it is actually in my case, Sarah, it is not on my knees. It is on my, I am face down. <laughs> I said the way I started that was such a weird thing is, you know, when God, I, I call it the neon sign when he just keeps repeating himself. <laughs> Um, I had heard Beth Moore talk about it. She literally talked about concrete crumbles being on her forehead from being out on her patio on the floor, on the ground. And then Priscilla Shirer talked about it like in a, the next Bible study. And then literally I went to a massage therapist who said, your life will change if you get down on the floor, prostate on the floor. And it was like, okay, all right, three times, not even all spiritual. I'm, I'm doing this thing. And I've been through periods of it. And I really, Kimberly Amici, please hold me to this. I need to do that again. Mm-hmm. That is a really key, key thing. Anyway, thank right. you. All right. So, Sarah, let's just spend the next couple minutes before we close out the show telling us about the Bible study, where we can find it, what it includes, who it's for. Absolutely. So the uh, the study is called Worthy of the Calling. That comes out of Ephesians 4.1 and about how Paul just wants us to walk worthy of the calling we've received. It is focused for its point pointed at women, busy women. The idea is you can complete the study in 10 to 15 minutes a day on your iPhone, or if you're an Android person, you can do that. Now, if you want to take your Bible and open it up, that is preferable. But I wanted to create something... I, that was kind of a gateway to more Bible study for people. I wanted, when you're doing an email-based study, you got to keep it short and on point or you're going to lose people. So some things I've incorporated in this study to keep people has been some free gifts. And my first free gift in the welcome letter is a set of five prayer cards created by Kimberly Amici. And I am so excited um, about your free gift. It's just a beautiful compliment to the study. And I've partnered with other creatives like we had talked about uh, of creating, there's going to be coloring pages, there's going to be iPhone lock screens, uh, little bookmarks, you can make lots of really fun goodies that you're going to be getting each week in the study. So the landing page for the study is super easy to remember. It's sarahkuntz.com and it's K-O-O-N-T-Z and I spell my name with an H. I did that kind of backwards. (laughs) sarahkuntz.com forward slash worthy. So all you have to remember is worthy. And if all you can do is get to my homepage, there's links everywhere about the study. There's a pop-up, everything. Uh, And we officially start the study on October 16th, 2017. Once the study launches, so we'll have, we're doing pre-registration all the way up to October 16th. On October 16th, the huge group of people are going to start. There will be a community. Um, Every day has shareable graphics clickable tweets, really technology savvy for people so that they can connect through social media about this study. But it's something you can do on your own when you have time. Uh, Five days on, 
two days off. So we are incorporating rest into the study, which I think is mm-hmm. really important. Um, so you don't feel like you can fall behind and not catch up. Then uh, the other thing is once we start on October 16th, the study will be available on demand. So after that date passes, people can sign up for the study at their convenience and the study will just start the following day for them. So that's a really fantastic way for it to keep going and, and fit into people's schedule if it's too close to the holidays for you. We wrap up right before Thanksgiving, the first group of people wraps up right before But if you miss that window, you may not want to do the study over Christmas. So you can start in January. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's that flexibility offered with it. And that is just the heart behind the study is we're teaching, um, you know, Paul teaches us how to walk worthy of the calling. And so we're just digging into that and learning what he has to say about that. And in the 31 day study, you will read through the entire book of Ephesians. Sounds wonderful. Really awesome. It is. It's awesome. I'm excited about it. So you've already shared your website. Where else can we find you online? You know, I'm at Sarah E. Koontz is my handle on Twitter and Instagram. Please find me on Instagram. All the funnest things happen over on Instagram and Insta stories. I really do love being there and I've met so many amazing people. <laughs> I love um, Instagram. And then it's so much fun. And then I do have a Facebook page. All of the things are linked through my site in the upper right hand corner. You can find me on social media. I'm everywhere, Pinterest, all that stuff. Um, and then throughout the month of October, I'm doing this big thing fantastic launch party on my blog. So every week, the blog post on my blog, the month of October is going to be inspired by Infusions. And I'm going to be giving away tons of really amazing stuff that was created and inspired just for us, just for the study. Lots of really fun wall hanging signs, paintings. Uh, Brenda Calvert did this custom Mm -hmm. painting. So there's just all these really amazing things Mm -hmm. just to create this fun atmosphere. You guys, Bible study is not hard work. We have to remember that it is the best work and it is worth it. And I want people to just to try to see Bible study in a different way that it can actually be the brightest spot in our day. Mm, love That's that. awesome. All right. I love that. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. I can't wait for our listeners to check out your Bible study. And if you missed any of this, it'll be in our show notes. Awesome. It was so wonderful talking with you guys. Thanks yes. for having me on. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Everything we talked about today, plus where you can find our co-hosts, can be found in the show notes. You can now find us online at slicesoflifepodcast.com and on social media at slicesoflifepod. We'd love for you to head over to our newly designed site and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get the show notes, resources, additional content, and bonus episodes delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to us in iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.